Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. So, um, praise God. Um, this morning, I want to um, speak about right protecting your heart. And I'm not sure if our media team did manage to get my little slide there. I'm not really sure. Um, but first of all, I apologize in advance. Some of us, especially young, young people, are going to get exposed to a brief history of the cassette tape. Everyone else, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen. You know, in, 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 my, in my youth, in the early advent of the digital age, you know, um, the very kind of, we just, oh, there's a, cal- a digital calculator. Wow. I had my first, my first digital watch was a gift that cost 14 rand which is probably like 10p or something now. And it was like, I was, you know, the bee's knees. I had a digital watch. And um, it was a wondrous thing, you know, as a, as a skint teenager to manage to somehow copy your favorite tunes onto a cassette tape. And, um, but unless you had a tape-to-tape hi-fi or or player, it could prove tricky to get a good quality of recording. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, a lot of you are like, ah, I know exactly what you, where you're coming from. Now, I never had a tape to tape for a good, a good while. And I was usually so desperate to record my favorite tunes so I could listen to them whenever I felt like it. Um, I tried taking two single tape players and you would find the quietest room possible, and you would, you would put them together. Anyone remember that? And then, and then you would um, play back from the master copy, and then you would pick it up on the one that you were recording from. So the trick was to find the quietest place possible. And the sound from the original tape would be captured on the other tape recorder, which was just inches away. So, but here's the thing, so many times I start the process and then the dog would bark (laughs) or someone would slam a door, you know, or some other disturbance intrudes onto my recording. So in those days, we needed a lot of patience, you know, when you wanted to record, you know, to, to the tape, as well. It took as long as the record or the tape took to play to record it. There was no, there was no high-speed digital download, like one, two seconds and your song was there. You had to wait for the whole thing to play. Amen. So to achieve the best possible result, everything had to be just right. If the volume was too soft or too loud, you'd have to start again. And the room also just had to have the right acoustic properties. It couldn't have too much echo or anything like that. So it was really a case of trial and error. It was nearly as frustrating as trying to record your favorite music from the Sunday night hit parade. So you would, the DJ would be like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and our next, at number 18 in the charts. And you'll be like, right, okay, I'm just getting ready to press record here. 
here it is, it's um, Dancing Queen by ABBA. And then you'd press record, and then about five seconds later, it says, enjoy this track. And then you're like, oh no. So it was a fine art. You had to wait until you knew the DJ wasn't going to speak anymore and then you hit record. So I ended up as a young person with all of these tapes with songs on them that had no beginnings and no endings. It's just the middle bit of the song, you know. It's like, oh, the beginning was the best bit. Did you hear the end? And so this, this, this was a thing we had to, to deal with. So... Um, but more than that as well, as a skint teenager, you know, with meager pocket money, I shouldn't say that, my mum and dad might say, you got decent pocket money. You had to have cassette tapes that you could record onto. And so I brought some cassette tapes with me here. And these cassette tapes, they come in two forms. Some of them are pre-recorded and some of them are blank, eh? They're blank. And the pre-recorded ones, I don't know if you can see the picture up there. The pre-recorded ones on the left-hand side, they have those little tab tabs removed. So they're broken off, so they can't accidentally be recorded over. And the ones that you can, I was praying to God, Lord, don't let me get this mixed up this morning. I'll look, I'll look so stupid. But the blank ones are the ones on the right-hand side, and they've got these little tabs on them, don't they? And so the idea is that whatever is recorded onto the tape with the, with the right protection on it is safe. It's secure, supposed to be secure. It can't be accidentally erased. But if the tabs are in place and they're not broken off, then the cassette can be re-recorded over with a different message or different music. And it, didn't that used to bother you when you get a tape and you're like, maybe your brother got it and he'd recorded some stuff on it. It was like, where, where's this coming from? You know? So we used to record sermons onto tape. That's, um, if anyone still has a tape player and they want old, old um, messages, we've got lots. <laughs> this one's from 1999 and it's got my name on it. And I think my dad must have given me a chance to say something. So that was, so anyway, that's a long time ago. So we, 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 but we always had the master copy. So we'd put a sticker on there, this is the master copy. And the master tape couldn't be copied over, but it could be copied from, amen? So there was this master tape, and it kind of reminds me of God's word a little bit. God's word is unchangeable. It can't be rewritten or copied over. It will not return to him void. So you can't, it's, it's protected, it's, you can't void it, you can't erase it. So you might wonder, why am I going on about old cassette tapes this morning? Well, I believe that the Holy Spirit dropped this message, this analogy into my heart to share. And the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me, and I don't know about you, but this is what I sense. We've been talking about issues of the heart, matters of the, of the heart, setting our heart on God and getting th these issues and matters of the heart settled. As how many of us go through life, we don't get things settled in our hearts. Our hearts are constantly disturbed and unsettled by the things, by the circumstances of life. Aren't you glad that God is not subject to circumstances? He is not subject to circumstances. Um, 
when we pray for healing, it's just as easy, it was just as easy for God to part a sea as it is for him to heal a headache. Amen? He's not subject to circumstances, yet we see circumstances coming our way. And so the Holy Spirit put this on my heart, and he says we've got to position ourselves for the most accurate reception of what God wants to put in our hearts. We've got to be in the right position for a start to do that. Amen? And so the heart is an important part of our life, our heart. Uh, our heart is an area of our soul, and that's where our imagination comes from. So do you have, does everyone have an imagination? Some people have a wild imagination, and some people, yes, amen. Yeah. But the heart, is, the heart is important. John chapter 14, verse 1 says, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. God doesn't want our hearts to be troubled. We can have a burden in our hearts, but he doesn't want us, our hearts to be troubled. And the heart is a, is a thing that can be hardened to spiritual things. There's a spiritual reality that exists, and the heart can be hardened to that. The heart can be blind. And so what a spiritual person can see, someone with a blinded heart has no idea. It's, it's invisible to them. They can't see it. They cannot discern it. The heart is also where sin takes root. The words that we speak, where do they spring from? The heart. Everything comes is from the heart. Those words are conceived in our hearts first. Say, where does, when Satan tempts us, what, what does he tempt? He tempts our hearts. He wants to change. He, he does work through the filter of our mind, but he tempts our hearts. He wants to change our hearts. Where does doubt begin? In the heart. Amen. Where do sorrow and trouble reside? In the heart. Amen. So guarding our hearts, right protecting our hearts. This is the one with the right protection on it. It's actually the Rama band, Pastor Tom. This is old, eh? Very old. Very old. This, one, this one has the, the tabs removed, so it can't be, it's right protected. For those of you who are tech savvy, you'll know that means you're not supposed to be able to alter, erase, or copy over it. And so, guarding our hearts, Jesus placed a lot of emphasis on us protecting our hearts, guarding our hearts, amen? Because they're part of our soul. I want to read in James chapter 4, verse 7, from the Amplified Bible to, the, to you. It says, submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil and stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. He will flee from you. Not he might, he will flee from you. Come close to God with a contrite heart and he will come close to you and wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. Be miserable and grieve and weep over your sin and let your foolish laughter be turned to mourning and your reckless joy to gloom. Humble yourselves with an attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord. Doesn't the Amplified just hit it right in the, hit you right in the jaw? 
And he will exalt you and lift you up and he will give you purpose. And I believe that when our hearts are right, God can put his purpose for you in your heart. When we've settled the affairs of the heart and he's right, your heart is now a seedbed for me to plant this. And now, now you're going to start to flourish. Now you're going to start to grow. But we have these perpetual issues of the heart that we have to deal with. Amen. You know, when we were born again, the Spirit of God took up residence in our hearts. Hey, the Holy Spirit is wonderful. He's part of the transformation we made from the old man to the new man. Without the Holy Spirit, we, there, there is no new creation. The Holy Spirit is the transforming influence in our lives. Amen. The Holy Spirit lifts the veil you can read that in 2 Corinthians 3. We'll read it just now. But he lifts the veil so that we can experience the power of God's word. The Holy Spirit reveals the depth of God's word to us. Because how many of you or how many of us have read the word and we've found no meaning in it? And it's been dry. And we felt this is, I just have no depth here. It's, everything seems so shallow but the Holy Spirit lifts the veil. He reveals God's word to us. And much of the time that revelation comes in the form of an image, a visual thing, amen? Dreams and visions. And do you know what? We're living in, a, in an age where people are having dreams and visions. Lift up your hand if you've had a dream or a vision in the last fortnight. Praise God. So 2 Corinthians 3.13, let's see what it says here. Oh yeah, we'll go from 13. We're not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away, but their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It hasn't been removed because only in Christ is the veil removed and taken away. Only in Christ. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. You guys are free this morning. You're free to laugh, sing, dance, shout in church, get on your knees, agree and say amen. You're free. Amen. We are free. And, and, and we got, we, I, I need to get that reality. I'm totally free. I'm not, nothing, can, nothing can actually keep me in bondage. I'm totally free. I have to accept that I am free. It's like the old analogy. It was like... Um, uh, Caden and Taylor have got their shirts from Africa on this morning and one of their t-shirts had the elephant on. I'll never forget the story of the elephant that's chained up to the post. And he's always been chained to the post and one day he's, his chains are cut but the elephant doesn't leave because he's conditioned to stay in that area. He doesn't go away. Amen. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is a Spirit. Amen. 
That's awesome. If any of you have ever heard of Dr. Paul Yonggi Cho, he wrote a book called The Fourth Dimension. Actually, I have Barbara's copy. I, yes, in the inside front cover, Barbara Wallace. And I'm not, not getting rid of that book. And it, reminded, it reminds me, I am a spirit. You are all spirits. Now, don't think Casper. You, but you're all spirits. We're all spirits. And when I accept that I have a spirit, because much of the world rejects the notion of spirituality, okay? They reject it. But when I accept that I am a spirit, surely I'm going to be interested in the health of my spirit. Isn't that right? I'm going to be interested in that. Anyone who has a sense of self-preservation would be interested in the health of their body and their mind, yeah? I'm interested in my spirit because my body is going to get old and decrepit and it's going to go, but my spirit's going to live forever. And you know what? It doesn't, so it doesn't matter what age you are in this place this morning. The real you is your spirit. The real you is your spirit. And let me tell you, the transformed spirit is young and, and, and full of vitality and full of energy and it's, it's warrior-like and it's, it stands up for what it believes. It's, it's, it's just, it's so much more. Our spiritual health is more important than anything else. And we live right now in the age of the Holy Spirit. Well, you know how there's different ages they say, well, we are in the age of this, the age of that. We, are in, we live in, under the dispensation of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And he wants to lead and guide us into all truth. Hallelujah. So in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And it doesn't matter if you've just been born again, you've rededicated your life to the Lord. But if you're a follower of, of Christ, he says he will pour out his spirit on you. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And I like what, what Yonggi Cho said. He says, old men tend to dream dreams of the past and young men tend to see vision, envision their future. Nonetheless, both your visions and your dreams work within a realm inside your heart called your imagination, which God has blessed you with. It's like God blessed Isabella with a creative heart and mind. So it's like, ding, there's a, a picture or there's a, a tune. It, it becomes out of our imagination. What God has put in your heart, what you, whatever you imagine, God can actually do. Whatever you can imagine, <laughs> whatever you can imagine, the power of image and the power of imagination can't be underestimated. You know, you could speak to me very eloquently, poetically, logically, with sound reasoning, but unless I can connect to what you're saying visually somehow, Personally speaking, I may well forget what you're really saying to me and the impact will be lost. 
But if you do the same verbally, but you also show me, you introduce me to a picture, an image that I can connect to, then I can begin to add my imagination to yours. We can create together. God intended for us to work together. Amen? That's why God showed Abraham the stars. But he first spoke to Abraham, and then he took him outside. So he first spoke, and then he showed. That's why Satan showed Jesus the nations. Satan first tempted Jesus with saying, if you will bow down and worship me, I will give you this. So he first made the suggestion, and then he showed him what he could have. Satan's staff are always ready to suggest something to you and to me. Always ready to suggest. Why don't you do this? Why don't you try that instead? Why don't you have a go at this? Things will be easier if you take this. Does it sound familiar to people? One of the reasons why pornography is such a stronghold is because of the visual imprint it leaves on the mind. It leaves a powerful image in your mind. So imagination is powerful. If you struggle with pornography, you can be set free from that. Completely free. God gives us his word. The Holy Spirit reveals it. His word speaks to us. We read it out. The Holy Spirit reveals it, shows it, shows it. It gives us a picture in our hearts. And then by faith, we receive the word and we begin to paint on our heart, the canvas of our heart. We begin to paint with a paintbrush. And we, what do we paint? What he wants to write on our hearts, what he wants to record and write on our hearts. Amen? Satan, on the other hand, he offers an image and he lets our carnal imaginations run wild and do whatever they want to do. So Satan does everything, perverts everything. It's like, do you know what? Let your imagination run wild. Let it loose. Let it do whatever it wants to. I'm just going to put this snapshot of something. It could be a, a, your future. It could be a dire prediction that you cannot get past this is, I just know this is going to happen to me. I just know this deal is going to fall through. I just know, I just know if she goes out tonight that something is going to happen to her. We pray for my daughter. When, you, when she goes out, that she is in God's hands. N nothing is going to happen to her. No matter how, no matter where her behavior takes her, nothing will happen to her. But we pray, we pray. We don't let our imaginations take control of us and we stay up all night worrying. We don't. You see, our imaginations can either be sanctified by the Holy Spirit or they can be given over to natural things, natural lusts. And I want to emphasize that they're given. They're given. We get, we, they're not taken, they're given. We give them over. And it's 
our choice family. And so many times, how many times have we said, the devil made me do it. I've, the devil tempted me. Romans 8.16 says, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Who does the spirit of God witness with? He, he witnesses with the redeemed you. Amen? He witnesses with the redeemed me. Nothing else. The thing is, we try and make the Holy Spirit witness with our reasoning. We try and make the Holy Spirit agree with our flesh. We try and get the Holy Spirit to come into line with our carnal nature. The Holy Spirit doesn't witness with anything other than the redeemed you. Do you understand that? It's the redeemed you. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we bang our heads off a proverbial brick wall, wondering why we struggle continually with fear and doubt and uncertainty. It's because we're trying to get the Holy Spirit to agree with our flesh. We have to trust, trust and obey and we have to do away with trying to make that work. Do you know, we all face problems. We've all got problems. Anyone here doesn't have problems. Problems, problems come. Natural ones, the problems we see, we see, feel, and experience them in the three dimensions. But the real problem is actually in the fourth dimension. It's the spiritual dimension. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, you'll know this. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh, using the weapons of man. The weapons of our warfare are not physical. They are divinely powerful for the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. Amen. We take every thought kept. One translation says we take every imagination captive. And Paul is got, he's using strong language here, like military talk, because it's a war. You, you're in a war, and the war's against the flesh. The battlefield is the mind. And I said a few weeks ago, there's nothing wrong with using our mind. God created us with a mind to use it logically and to develop common sense. I didn't develop, I don't even know if I've still developed common sense. Um, but, you know, it's like common sense. But the misuse of the mind is the problem. Mixing the spirit with natural reasoning. Elevating the mind beyond the spirit is a disaster waiting to happen. And this is what I love. Do you know philosophy? Philosophy, if you divide it up, philosophy means the love of wisdom. And can you imagine all these old guys on the steps of the, the temples and the, the, the town halls and all they would do is debate all day. They loved wisdom, the love of wisdom. They philosophized, but so much of that was tainted with the mind, with reasoning and logic. But the wisdom that we need is given to us by the Holy Spirit. And when we have the Holy Spirit's wisdom, we will live a victorious life. Aye, we'll live, a, we'll live life in the victory lane when we have His Spirit. You know, some situations have arisen in our lives recently. And you know what? The first thing you feel is paralysis. 
paralysis. You feel paralyzed. I, I, don't know what, I don't know what to do. But as soon as that happens, I always feel the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, be still. Be still. Be quiet. Go to the room where the dogs aren't barking and the doors aren't slamming and the people aren't shouting and the neighbors aren't arguing and, and all of it. Go, be still. Be still. And immediately what happens is when we wait on him, he guides us into our next step. What we tend to do is let the flesh overtake us in the moment. Amen? And I believe that the contents of our hearts, they can be erased over. They can be, they can be erased, recorded over. They can be corrupted by interference from other sources. And the result is that we're left in a different state to the one intended by God. So you're intended by God to live life in a certain state of being. You know, this cassette tape is a magnetic form of storage. And it's recommended that you don't bring it into contact with a strong mag magnetic force. Because if you bring it into contact with a strong magnetic force, it can corrupt the data on the cassette. And that is Satan's modus operandi. If what God has written on our hearts remains protected, these tabs on the cassette, where have you gone? Oh, here you are. These tabs on the cassette, this one here that is able to be altered, is like the strongholds being broken off by the blood of Jesus. And then those tabs are gone and what is on that tape cannot be changed. Amen? Amen. They're like strongholds that have been broken. Satan wants to put the tabs back on. That's like when you used to go and nick your brother's cassette tape and it was his best ABBA one. And you'd put sellotape over there so you could record over it. Satan wants to put the veil back over your eyes. He wants to cover, cover the right protection hole so that you can be altered. He wants to bring things into the proximity of your life to corrupt what is in your heart. That's what he wants to do. But the Holy Spirit, he has sealed us into the day of redemption. Ephesians 4.30, we're nearly finished. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please him by whom you were sealed and marked and branded as God's own for the day of redemption. Amen. I believe that God wants to paint a new picture on our hearts. He wants to write his desired future for you on your heart. He wants to reproduce in your heart the heartbeat of heaven. The sounds and the songs that will come out of this church, and I, I, and I do believe this, and this is, this is prophetic from a long time ago, the sounds and the songs that will come out of this church will mirror the heartbeat of heaven. It, it will be the sound of heaven. Touch, and Hillsong had a song called The Sound of Heaven Touching Earth. Um, Touching Heaven, Changing Earth, the song was called. And God really does want us to be a heavenly embassy here in Kowinning. And the way we will, we will stay strong 
and be true representatives of heaven's glory. And what is heaven's glory? It's the praise and the worship that goes on there all the time. It's everything revolves around the throne room of God. And while we're here on this earth, do we have the desire to be close enough to capture the sound of heaven in our hearts? Amen. All we need is a tape player and a tape. Amen. Where God can then write his words and message on our heart and then seal it so it cannot be overwritten or corrupted by the devil. Amen. And so proximity is important, family. Some of us have got by being approximate in everything in life. But our positioning, setting our heart on God is so important. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.